The reading is Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 47. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many others, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are life, that you are with us in the risen Christ, and that our hearts are thrilled with your presence. Lord, we pray that your spirit would blow afresh through us today and continue that wind of life that might enable us as a church to be everything you would have us be, now and in the years to come. In Jesus' name, amen. It was so exciting coming up from uh, Quakers Road today. I heard the church bell ringing, tolling, and I thought, oh, can you hear this down end? Is there something in your heart that wants to say, I want to be there. I want to be part of this gathering of people who have come to worship God. And my goodness, what they would have experienced when they came. It's such a privilege, such a joy, such an awesome thing to gather together as God's people and to know his presence with us and among us. Indeed, when I pulled up to the church gates, I saw somebody running to the church. I thought, that's what we want. For all the people in this area to be running to Christchurch, to don't, don't miss a moment of gathering, of worshipping, of being enabled to know what God's purposes are for this world and for our part in it, because we all get to play a part in what God is doing. It was just amazing. Over two years ago, when we gathered together for a whole night of prayer, and we sat here in the dark and in the stillness of the night, there was this sense of God doing something very powerful among us. And one of the objects that we had as a prayer station was this uh, familiar object of the church with all its living stones, all its people putting together. We were thinking, Lord, what, what do you want to do with us? And the thing that really spoke to my heart and to many other people that came through so powerfully were those words of Jesus, I will build my church. 
I will build my church, as he said to Peter, the apostle. And he has been building his church. And here we are. This physical building, the church, is a wow place to be. When people come in, they will often say for the first time, wow. But God's heart is not only to see this church building built, but for when people to come in through our worship and to experience God's church all over the place is to say, wow, look at that church. Look at those people. See how God is among them. See how the life of this risen Christ can be seen among this community. That's God's heart, I believe, for this church, you and me, built together by the Lord. St. Peter wrote, as living stones, be yourselves built together into a temple, a place where God dwells and is seen and experienced. And over the sabbatical, this time that Sean and I have had away, we've been able somehow to start to listen afresh to God's purposes so that he can just about get through some of the cracks that are, are there in our lives and speak afresh into where he is taking us. And the question that really has come through is what might Christ's church look like if we really were to be more and more a church where the risen Jesus is seen and experienced and proclaimed and known? What would it look like in different areas of how we are? And what kind of things would need to be done and not done in order that that may become a reality, so that we could be focused on being a community that is really relevant to the people of this time and this place, and speaking into the culture of our time, because the culture of our time is not the culture of the time that when Sean and I came. It's not the culture that even it was five years ago. How can we be relevant to today's culture and today's world and experience those things that God is doing afresh in and through his church, and particularly Christ's church? You know, Archbishop, not Archbishop, Bishop Graham Cray once said that God's kingdom comes when the seed of the gospel is planted in the soil of the culture. The seed of the gospel in the culture, at the soil of the culture in which there exists. And we see that happening in places where our young people go, where in Africa, where India, wherever it might be. But here in Downend, what does that look like? And so as we start this new term, it's very much a feeling of starting a new journey of exploration as a church. We're not exploring a new vision. The vision remains. We're seeking to be a people who are learning to live the life. But we want to truly earth that vision in everyday life because God is an everyday God and he's present in every moment of every part of our lives. And don't you sense, don't you have a sense, even this morning, that God is giving us power and potential to be an agent of change in our community, an agent where 
lives can be changed, salvation can be found, where patterns of injustice can be confronted, where poverty can be brought into a place of wealth, of inner wealth, of those things that really matter in life. And we're beginning to see in some ways what it might take for us to be a church that significantly impacts the life of this area. So we're asking in this series, what does it mean to be Christ's church today? And what we'll be exploring in the weeks ahead is, ahead is rooted in the book of Acts. It's interesting if you go back to the first words of the letter of uh, Luke to Theophilus, second edition, second volume, which is what Acts is, he wrote, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach in the, day he, in the days that he, he was taken up to heaven, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So in the book of Acts, it's clear that Luke is recording what happened as the life of the risen Lord of the church was let loose and outpoured by the spirit of Jesus upon these powerless people. He's writing in the gospel of what Jesus began to do and teach. But in Acts, now Luke is writing about what Jesus was continuing to do through his disciples. It's the same Jesus the risen Lord at work through his people. And in chapter 2, Luke describes what God was doing in this event. He was gathering his people together on the day of Pentecost around the risen Christ, who is Lord of all, he says, and filling them with his spirit so that as they were scattered all over the world, they could continue his work in the power of that same spirit. And we heard that reading from Acts 2 that Margaret Read and what incredible effect that had. Jesus of Peter, the rock upon which Jesus was building his church, was proclaiming the life of Christ, how Jesus himself was the fulfillment of the Jewish hope, and how God had made him Lord of all. It's no wonder they repented, believed, and were baptized to show that they really did main mean business and so Luke then goes on to describe what this infant church looked like and surprise surprise it looked like Jesus it looked like the risen Lord was back again from the dead and now doing the things with the miracles with the teaching with the incredible warmth of forgiving fellowship with the freedom from the monster of more to be able to share their gifts and their possessions, to just live simply and to give to those in need as they saw fit. It's an incredible outbreak of the life of Jesus. And the themes of these series will take up some of these characteristics of the church that Jesus was breathing new life into. You remember we heard they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread and the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Well, actually, performed by Jesus through the apostles. 
Next week, then, we will be looking at what it means to be a church that is passionate about prayer. Perhaps we can just see that series on the screen to remind us of the themes that we're going to be looking at. We'll be looking at what does it mean to be a church that's passionate about prayer. The early church, we read, devoted themselves to prayer. And they prayed with incredible passion, knowing and believing that God was God and that God could do what only God could do. And next week, we're going to learn from our young people. Already we've heard from Sam and from Jonas about thankfulness and about faithfulness. Next week, Iona Clark Egee will be coming to speak and be interviewed by me as part, who's been, she's been part of Christ Church all her life. And now she's heading up the European 24-7 prayer initiative based in Germany. And she'll be sharing her experiences of the passion for young people for the kingdom, expressed in corporate and personal prayer, around the clock, 24-7, and she will have some amazing stories of what God is doing in terms of the miracles and transformed lives that God is bringing. The week after, on the 12th, we'll be looking at what does it look like to be a church that is learning to learn. The apostles devoted themselves, uh, the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to learning how to apply that teaching. We're going to celebrate with our relationship with our church schools on this Education Sunday, as Helen mentioned, as we work together to cultivate a love of learning, to light fires of imagination and spirituality in young lives, and indeed the staff and the governors. And Sean will be preaching, exploring the evidence, showing how different personality types engage and go deeper with God and how in schools a growing focus on the discipline of reflection on Jesus' words and works sharpens and enriches learning. It will apply to us all as we seek to enable God to work through the different ways that we express spirituality in our lives. I'm not going to go through all of these in detail, you'll be relieved to know. But just to say one more, Cap Sunday on the 22nd, is going to be a celebration of the way in which Jesus' love for those in the grip of poverty is being done through the ministry of Layla and all involved with Christians against poverty in this area. Is anyone not against poverty? Anybody not? So, are we all in this together, as they say? Are we all in Christians Against Poverty? Yes. Well, one is anyway, my wife. <laughs> As a church, we're engaging with this movement of the Holy Spirit, the outward living of Jesus amongst those who are on the fringe and on the last end of their rope in life. All the believers, writes Luke, were together and Ed had and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And so this, prof this community was living out his risen life through small groups, through families where everything was shared. They responded to need. They rejoiced in the abundance of God's grace and lived open-handed, open-hearted lives. 
They built one another up as the gifts of the Holy Spirit were poured out and they used those gifts to do that. And that's what we're thinking when we're talking about building one another up later in the series. It's no wonder these small communities were so attractive to others. And what we read was that the church got bigger. No, it wasn't quite what Luke said, was it? It wasn't this church was such a great church that people wanted to come to it. There was something far more profound going on than that. The words that Luke uses was that the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. They didn't pinch from other churches. <laughs> they had new people becoming new disciples and making their pathway through that community to become disciples who were learning how to make disciples. And that is our vision. That is what we long to do. We're not seeing many people saved at the moment. Let's be real. We're not. We would love to see more people finding salvation in Christ. But as we live this life out as a community, in the grace and power of the Holy Spirit, my longing and my expectation is that the Lord will add to us those who are being saved. Saved from a life of isolation, lostness, and no hope. Don't you love and long to see that happen? That's what we want to see. So, as we look at this series, we want to emphasize this key element of relevance. The relevance of how these questions that we're seeking to answer in relation to Christchurch, what does it look like in practice? What new questions do they provoke? What open and honest discussions do we need to have? What are the practical implications as we look to the future over the years ahead? This is just the start of this new season. And we want the whole church to be involved, feeding in your thoughts, everybody's thoughts, ideas, reflections, cautions, wonderings. Home groups, life groups, all the different types of groups are invited to feed in looking at the sermon series and send to Aidan initially those reflections. And I'll be sending out questions for you to look at later today in your small groups. We want to recognize and how to grow a culture where everyone can feel free to take risks, to fail and be forgiven, to try things and learn from them, to set us free to be people who God has made us to be. This is an exciting and challenging journey. And we want to ask, Lord, show us what the direction you want us to travel in over these next three years is. And you know what? My initial thoughts and the thoughts of our leaders who have been looking at this is that if you want to know the signpost, what's on the signpost for the direction of travel, the word on the signpost is younger. Younger. When I look out, there's some people under 40 here, which is fantastic. 
But we want to be a church that reflects the whole community, which, as we'll see this coming week, is teeming with under-40s, singles and parents, children and youth. And if we are to be a church that's relevant to our parish, where God has put us now, we need to be a church that increasingly moving in the direction of younger, speaking in language that younger people will understand and connect with. It's a challenge for us. This journey is not going to be straightforward. It is challenging. But as we actively seek insights and understand what God is showing us, we will together be able to work in a way that makes us more like Christ, the risen Christ, being among us in his power and his glory. So and that's why we're doing this, really, isn't it? It's for the glory of God. For the sake of the world that's in desperate need of hope, peace, and justice. A world that is struggling and suffering under the challenges of its climate. And for the sake of our neighbors and friends, for our work and colleagues, our family members and those who would be transformed if they found a community that was living a life that had the life of Jesus running through its DNA. Who knows what lies ahead? It's sort of exciting, but also... But isn't that what it means to be a disciple? Living with that anticipation and fear? Maybe fear is not the right word. We don't need to have fear. Because God comes among us in Jesus and says, Peace be with you. Do not fear. It is I. We can trust the Lord who is living in us. For we are his people. He is building his church. He is saving people and giving them a new start by the power of his spirit who is at work so powerfully among us. So Lord, we pray, lead us on and take us with you.